following contest is scheduled for one Hey, 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 it's your boy KJ, and welcome back to another episode of the Roped In Podcast. I'm your host, KJ, and we are in the draft week, officially started on Friday Night SmackDown. Interesting, honestly, very interesting. Uh, it started off good, ended really weird, so I'm, I mean, it's not over yet, but we're gonna see. We're gonna see the continuation on uh, Monday Night Raw. Hey, we'll get into all that. We'll get into the the WWE week, the the NXT, the AEW Wednesday Night War. We'll get into all that. Uh, strange week. I'm trying to compare it to last week. And last week there was so much happening, and like you know, obviously the debuts of I guess all the shows. So it was it was kind of like. We went from that to like a not so great week, I would say. It was, uh, it was, it was, uh, I guess a bad week for for wrestling in in WWE. I I would say, um, but we'll, we'll, we'll get we'll get into all that in in strenuous details. Uh, how have you guys been? How how is everyone? How are you doing? I hope you're doing well. I hope you're having a a, a good weekend because it's Saturday today. And uh, I'm so for me, for people who don't know, uh, I live in the UAE uh, and our weekends are actually Friday and Saturday. We do not have Friday, Saturday, Sunday, as uh, I'm sure most of you do. Uh, we have we have Friday, Saturday. And uh, it's so like basically today is the last day of my weekend, which is always kind of like a gloomy, you know, kind of like, oh, man, why? I just want can we not get an extra day? So it's kind of like, you know, it's a sad day. But, uh, hey, I get through it talking about wrestling. I get to watch SmackDown. You know, uh, earlier it was like, oh, man, you know, uh, I got to go to work. And because of the time difference, I can't watch Raw or SmackDown live. So, you know, I'm trying not to get spoilers and stuff. But at least one of the shows now, SmackDown, I can avoid spoilers, wake up, watch the show. Uh, or even watch it live if I, you know, if I stay up late. So, um, yeah, that's uh, that's a debacle. Uh, I've had, I don't know why, and and I've, it's it's weird because I've been seeing this around on social media, but um, I've been sleeping like shit. I've been sleeping like absolute dog shit. I don't know why. I, I it's it's and a few of my friends were telling me the same thing. They were like, "Oh man, last night was the worst sleep." I've had in ages. I was like, oh my god, me too. Like, I can't, I haven't been able to sleep well, and I don't know what the fuck is in the air, in the water, where the fuck is going on. But, yeah, it's been, it's been bad sleep. Really, really bad sleep. I've, this whole week, I tried to take a nap after work on Thursday, and I had, I had two hours to spare, so I was like, I'm gonna fucking take a nap, because, you know, it's the first night of the weekend, gonna go out late. I could barely sleep. I slept 40 minutes broken sleep, and I was like, fuck, I had two hours to sleep, and I couldn't sleep. Really weird. I don't get it. I don't know what's happening. This whole weekend was shitty sleep. But uh, <laughs> we've, uh, we're, we're, you know, we're here to talk about wrestling, not about sleep. That's, uh, you could speak to Dr. Phil or some shit about sleep. 
But um, we, uh, oh, Raw, SmackDown. Mm, I don't know. Let's get into it because like it's it's there's a lot to, there's a lot to share, a lot to share. But uh, the main talking points of all the shows we discussed on this episode. So uh, so let's start with Raw. Raw starts off with a video package of Rusev and Lana and their love and blah blah blah, and then suddenly we see Rusev getting his ass whooped in the ring by Randy Orton and Baron Corbin, who are Team Flair, and I guess Rusev is Team Hogan. But there's no mention of this week at all. No recruitment, no nothing, and there's like two weeks until the pay-per-view, so who are the remaining people? Like, shouldn't you, I don't know, fucking figure this out, you know? But in any case, Rusev is is uh, getting ass whooped, and he, he manages to throw Corbin Orton out, and suddenly you see Bobby Lashley on the big Titantron, and he's, for lack of a better word, he's basically fucking Lana, and and she's in bed, and she's like, oh my god, look, he's Lashley, oh, I don't even know what accent she has anymore, I've, I'm completely lost, and uh, for, for the sake of this, I'm just gonna give her the Russian accent, and it's like, oh, Rusev, oh, this big black dick is bigger than your dick, and oh my god, it's so good. And Rusev is like, nah. he's he's like standing there. He's trying not to cry. And it's just like, what the fuck am I watching here? And Lashley's like, yeah. Lashley must be as fucking hard as a rock. Like he's he's enjoying the fuck out of this. Like he's like he's probably like you know take a fucking cut out of my paycheck, but put me in bed with this girl, like. <laughs> Like he is—he's got the biggest smile on his face throughout, throughout. I could count all his, all his adult teeth and his baby teeth. That's how smiley he was. He was just so, so fucking happy to be there. And I mean, who wouldn't? She's a gorgeous woman, right? So uh, Rusev is there. He's crying, and then like you see Baron Corbin, Randy Orton laughing at Rusev. So, so Rusev, Rusev. So Rusev attacks both Corbin and Orton, and. Uh, yeah, he takes his aggression out on them of his failed marriage. So that was something. Uh, next talking point is Evans versus Natalia. So they see Evans versus Natalia in a last woman standing match. You see, this was okay. This was okay because the first half it was kind of like, okay, Natalia's like, she's she's prevailing. She's, you know, she's fighting back. But then not not too much later you realize like that's all she's doing she's just like beating the 10 count barely by like nine and three quarters nine and three quarters nine like you do that a few times but she just kept doing the same thing again and again and again and at some point it got super repetitive it's like you you lose the charm of that sudden stand-up if you do it repetitively you have to keep it special and not do it as often she kept just barely making it barely making it and then after all that they they brawl all around you know Lacey Evans has this like trash can with Natalia's name on it with trash inside which was quite a nice touch I have to say but then after all that like Natalia just they they brawl all the way up to the to the (laughs) the infinity um I guess I'm gonna call it the infinity screen I don't know what to call it but like basically the new the new stage they it's kind of like it it ramps up right and so Lacey Evans throws Natalia and Natalia just slides down like wee um but then like they have that little thing right and then I see that 
And I'm like, okay, like she's getting her ass handed to her. And Talia's basically just she she goes thrown into that screen twice. And but then it's like Lacey Evans gets power bombed once through a table off the stage, which I get is like a big thing. But that was the one move Natalia hit and she won the fucking match. It's like what? Like you couldn't have like built up to it, like had some offense in Natalia and then Lacey comes back and it's like it wasn't back and forth and then suddenly one move it's like Roman Reigns, you know? Gets his ass handed to him, John Cena, same thing, ass handed to him the whole fucking match. Five moves of doom, boom, done, game over. That's kinda of what like there's no back and forth. You know, there needs to be back and forth. It's a fight. You can't just have someone just like, oh, okay, boom. That's it. You know, you can ha- you could do that once in a while. But you can't have that all the fucking time. And honestly, this was not, if this is the well, this is the end of their fucking saga. So I don't know. They could they they should have they should have done something better. And uh, yeah, this was this was not great. Honestly, not great. Um, so then we have, uh, the Viking Raiders versus Dolph Ziggler and Bobby Roode. I don't know why uh, this is something, this is a trope of WWE that I'm kind of sick of where I don't like seeing champions constantly lose because then you, the fucking belts mean nothing. Belts are supposed to be held by the top talent. You have the championship belts because you are winners. You are, you, you hold these titles because you're the best of the best, right? And if if the best of the best are getting beaten up every fucking time they're in the ring and then they face those guys and then they beat, what does that mean? Is this 50, 50 book and gone to shits? I don't want to see that. Don't have, have number one contenders match, have Viking Raiders beat the OC like they did, you know, and then give them a title match, but don't fucking don't put them against the champions. And then they win. It's like, okay, now you get a championship. match. it's like, no, they fucking beat the champions. They should be champions already. That doesn't work like that. But then now, you know, for the last number of months, predictably, we've 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 seen the champions lose the num- the 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 first match, and then the challengers get a title match, and then the champions win. It's like, what the fuck? Why? Why? I don't want to see this garbage. Stop it! Just fucking stop it. The Viking Raiders beat Dolph Ziggler and Bobby Roode, and now they have title opportunity next week it's like what the fuck why i'm so sick of this shit so yeah so they're they're facing the champions next week uh, and then we have uh becky lynch and charlotte flair on a Miz tv segment before their match against the kabuki warriors they come out both the women hold the titles up and they're like oh i'm the best i'm the best i'm the best they do that little thing you know 10 time charlotte flair for a very brief time uh is uh, is you know quite cocky and they they have a good exchange back and forth they talk shit about each other and uh but then the kabuki warriors come out they speak in japanese which i don't mind honestly i don't mind like i don't understand what they're saying but at the same time it's kind of like okay you know they're they have more aggression in their voice when they speak in their native tongue so let them i'm completely okay with it I'm completely okay with you speaking your native language, whatever suits you best. Speak in that language and, and you know, convince me. I'm fine with that, you know. Um, I don't need translators all the time. Like, as, as long as I can visually see what you're trying to express, I'm okay with it. You know, you could, you could clearly tell. I don't understand a word Asuka and Kyrie were saying, but you could see they were mocking Becky Lynch and Charlotte Flair. And then 
they they turned that mocking joking thing into like you know it's kind of like haha you're you look so stupid but i'll really make you look stupid tonight you know it's like it's like they do that transition and i like that so um and and again like your your expressions speak loud louder than or no not necessarily but <laughs> you know what i mean where it's like i can read your expression so i don't need to understand what you're saying uh surprisingly uh not surprisingly I guess surprisingly because of how WWE's molded it, but surprisingly Kyrie and Asuka get the win, and but it shouldn't be surprising because they're a tag team, right? They've been teaming for for a number of months now, I believe, and they they've been winning their matches and stuff, so they have team chemistry. They should win a tag team match against two people, especially like Becky and and Charlotte, who don't like teaming up, who are, I guess, uh, opposing forces of sorts. So it's kind of like I do want to see I do want to see a, an actual tag team beat two people that have been put together, you know that brings cre- credibility to the to the tag team and the fact that Kyrie and Oscar champions should again going back to my point of champions, you know having to win because they're the best of the best they they should win so but unfortunately it's like almost surprising because like Becky's top talent Charlotte's top talent and even though they're they don't team anymore and they dislike each other you put them together they suddenly win you know i don't like that i, I want to see teams prevail and now this brings some credibility to Asuka and Kyrie where now i'm like okay okay these girls they pulled the a win that's good that's good now i want to see how they continue so uh so yeah so that's that's Kyrie and Asuka for you over there uh Kyrie uh Kyrie actually rolls up Asuka uh, sorry, Kyrie rolls up Becky after Asuka spits the green mist onto Becky's face. Uh, there was there was a, I believe, a tweet of sorts on Twitter by, by Becky then saying, oh, Asuka, like, you know, you've awakened uh, the man or some shit like that. And she's like, I'm going to beat you up. And she's like, she's covered in green mist. So, yeah, it should. Let's see. I, I, I don't know how they're going to do it. Is it going to be Asuka versus Becky? No, no. Uh, but Oscar's in the tag team. I don't know. See, curiosity is good. Curiosity is good. Uh, and then one of the worst things I've seen in a long time, fucking Tyson Fury and Braun Strowman uh, to close off Raw. Good God, this was not good. This was not good. Tyson Fury comes out. He's okay on the mic. He doesn't, you don't, I don't, I didn't get the feeling that he, he was lost for words and he didn't know how to cut a promo. Uh, but at the same time, like, their in-ring work was good god they both men they they get aggressive uh, they start talking shit um braun Strowman brings up the deontay wilder fight and uh and then braun uh sorry then tyson fury tells braun like you know how many championships have you won that infuriates braun uh fury pushes braun braun picks up fury gently places him in the corner and then he hugs him and then the security comes out. They try to separate the two men. But then both men, so... It's, like, so lame. They they start taking out all the men. Now, Braun's doing a decent job because he's fucking built for this. But Fury is just awful. Fury's punching people left, right, and center, but missing almost everything. It was just so, so hard to watch. You just see him throw a punch. The fucking punch misses by a foot. And the fucking security guy drops. And then it's just, it was really bad. Really, really bad. And you can see Braun Strowman, like, you know, trying not to punch the guy too hard. It was, ah, man, like, 
it was it was not well done. And then the like, WWE superstars come out. They separate the two men. Braun Strowman goes to the back. And then I believe it was Charlie Caruso is like, so you thinking apologizing? And he's like, what? Are you serious? Did you not see what just happened? You want me to apologize? You fucking dumb. And then, and then, and then uh, he, he gets really mad and then he leaves. Uh, so he, this is in gorilla. And then he goes back outside and then the show ends. It's like, what the fuck am I watching? What is going? This is very poorly done. I didn't like this at all. Tyson Fury. I mean, look again. If you want to do this, you do this like on on Crown Jewel. You know, do it at Crown Jewel. I don't give a fuck. Do it at Crown Jewel. I'm okay with it. You know, but don't fucking. I don't want to fucking. Not once do I want to see this match at like Survivor Series or something. No, get get all the shit done at Crown Jewel. Done. Finish. Kill it there. That's that's fine. I'm okay. It's a blow-off pay-per-view for me anyways. So, yeah, that was raw. Not great. Not a fucking good show. That was... It was a difficult watch. I did not like this this episode of Raw. Nothing memorable. Just... Just not good. Not good TV. That was really bad. Really bad Raw. Uh, jumping over to SmackDown, where we begin the WWE draft. Uh, I guess this shit will happen if, if SmackDown is starting things, because... After the pay-per-view, Raw is the first show, and usually they build stories there and stuff. So it's like very intriguing, and they keep you captivated. You know what what's gonna happen tomorrow night on Raw? Make sure you tune in, and you tune in, and you know they start building stories. But now Raw might have to have like a filler episode, like what I think this was, until like the main show SmackDown kicks things off, where it's like okay, now we start the draft from here. It's like okay, so I guess Raw was worth a miss. So that's that's bad for USA. Uh, but yeah, they need to. WWE needs to think of something to to do on that Raw that that possibly doesn't overshadow SmackDown, but at the same time, makes you want to watch Raw because now it's kind of like, hey, okay, did I really even need to watch Raw? No, I didn't. I didn't miss jack shit. Um. So yeah, so we start off SmackDown with uh, Roman Reigns versus Seth Rollins. Both men go back and forth. This is for the first pick of the draft which is i guess like yeah i guess raw was gonna get it anyways you know because raw needs three people and just to like they could have done something where it's like all right the first round you get the first round first pick and they could have done smackdown first and then raw i said but i don't know uh but i'll get into i'll get i'll get all the i'll, I'll let you know the, all the draft picks and what my thoughts are on the draft picks at the end of uh smackdown uh, but I'll just go through everything what that happens first. Uh, it was all built around the draft, so I guess, well, mainly built around the draft. Uh, there were there were two segments that were possibly not. Uh, but yeah, it was it was okay. Uh, there were just matches that they had, you know, your possible last time ever matches. So Roman versus Seth. Uh, this match ends when the Fiend interferes. Uh, he comes in from under the ring, attacks Seth Rollins, uh, takes him into the depths of hell. Uh, but then Seth crawls out, and you see the Fiend standing there, and then suddenly the lights go out, and then I guess he ran all the way up the ramp, and he's standing there looking back at the ring at Seth Rollins. That caused a disqualification victory for Seth and, by proxy, for Raw. So Raw gets the first uh, draft pick. And after every draft pick, we see this uh, draft panel, which has Beth Phoenix, Booker T, uh, Renee Young, and Samoa Joe, who I guess the rumors 
right where he's injured his thumb because you could see like a a cast on his hand which was pink which is weird uh but yeah he um samoa joe's in the in the pan i guess you know he's really good on the mic so keep him there for for some work and like you know he he can bring some credibility and some some i guess performer insight you know so uh because he's still an active part of the roster but speedy recovery to joe because man this guy is just constantly injured it's fucking annoying and he's so good i hate how much he's injured um then we have a uh, Corbin versus Gable match. Corbin wins with the end of days. I don't. I'm sick of this. Enough. Enough. I don't want to see this fucking match again. How many fucking times are you gonna show me this match? How many times? It must be. This is the sixth time on TV. God knows how many times they're doing it on the fucking circuit on the house shows. It's the enough. Enough. I had zero interest in this. Zero. I went to fucking go get breakfast while this match was on. I didn't. Not one fuck was given. Done with it. Um, and then Brock Lesnar and Paul Heyman come out. They talk about the match that's been set at Crown Jewel against Cain Velasquez. So they had like a, I guess a UFC style press conference kind of thing where uh, Tyson Fury versus Braun Strowman was announced at uh, the press conference. I kind of heard a rumor that this was what was going to happen. I guess the rumor is true. Uh, and then Velasquez versus Brock Lesnar as well at Crown Jewel for the WWE title. So. You can only imagine Brock goes over somehow or he gets disqualified or something. Because there's no way Cain Velasquez is becoming champion. No fucking way. Not possible. Uh, so Heyman is cutting a promo about how Brock only feared Cain Velasquez. That's the only man he's ever feared. But, you know, Velasquez, even Velasquez, uh, even Brock made no excuses about it. But now Brock is here, blah, blah, blah. And then he gets interrupted by Ray's music. Ray comes out. They show a recap of UFC 121, uh, which was in uh, 2011, I believe, October 2011. And uh, they show Cain Velasquez beating Brock Lesnar, winning the UFC heavyweight title. And uh, then they cut back. And then for some reason, Cain Velasquez, who speaks perfect English, uh, speaks in Spanish, and then Ray translates it for him. And I was like, what? Why is he translating? Cain Velasquez speaks English. Fucking make him speak in English. Why is he speaking Spanish? That was so weird. So I, I didn't understand that, but okay. Uh, and they basically, they, you know, like Crown Jewel, coming for you. So it's like, all right, cool. All right, yay. Let's, let's see what happens there. Barely any interest in that match, to be honest. Uh, I, like there is curiosity, but I don't know about interest because I can't see Kane Velasquez being WWE champion. No fucking way. No fucking way. It'll be I'll be surprised if they do that. I'll genuinely be surprised if they fucking do that. Uh, and then uh, another match that we have is the New Day versus the OC. OC have already been drafted to Raw at this point, so you could like this was just like a burn match, like a burner match where you have Kofi Kingston who kind of needs to rejuvenate his his character after that, you know, nine-second loss. Uh, so, yeah, so basically New Day get the win pretty quickly against the OC. I, man, the OC needs to stop losing. This is fucking annoying. They're really good. I love their, their chemistry together, and their heel work is great. But stop fucking losing, you guys. This is not good. Not good for your rep. Uh but yeah, so basically they uh, Kofi Kingston hits the Trouble in Paradise on AJ, which 
Which they see at least that they could have avoided, right? They didn't need to fucking get AJ to take the pin, but he did. And he's a United States champion. I don't get it. Fuck it. Whatever. And then uh finally our main event of the evening is Charlotte Flair versus Bailey for the WWE SmackDown Women's Championship. Bailey comes out, she's looking like she like she looks a little different. I'm like, okay, she's wearing like a hoodie and like you know, she's got the hood up and stuff. So I'm like, what the fuck? Okay, cool. Maybe, you know, they're, they're playing this whole thing. Like, Bailey was devastated after the loss, and she was pretty upset and blah, blah, blah. And then she comes out. She, she you know, does her, like, yay. And the Bailey buddies come out. They're, like, fucking flapping around everywhere. And then Bailey stops smiling. She pulls the hood down, revealing a new haircut. She's got new gear. She takes off the hoodie. And, and then she grabs this, like, stick with two knives at the end of it. And she cuts up all the Bailey buddies, Bailey buns, Bailey Bailey buddies. She cuts all the Bailey buddies up, pushes the fucking Bailey buddy trolley thing off the ramp, and like she means business. They have a match. Uh, Charlotte even kicks out of a uh, Bailey to belly in this match, um, and then uh, Charlotte, uh, while while Bailey's you know like upset, she's like, "How the fuck am I losing?" She, she turns to the referee, starts arguing. Charlotte hits a natural selection, is going for the figure eight. Bailey rolls her up and regains her SmackDown Women's Championship. And right after that, Charlotte is sitting there on her knees, completely bewildered. It's like, what the fuck just happened? She's got blood like smeared on her face. And uh, Bailey's new music hits, which I was like, okay, that's interesting. I like, I like. And uh, yeah, Bailey, Bailey, uh, she holds a championship up. She takes a microphone and she basically tells the crowd, "Screw you!" First, she goes like, "Hey, bitches!" and she's like, "Screw each and every one of you!" And she drops the mic and she leaves. So, yep, Bailey's heel turn is complete. I like how they did it. I like Bailey's new look. I'm now when see now that she won the championship, I'm like. Okay, Bailey won the title, and she's like, I feel like it's credible. I f- actually feel like it's credible. She doesn't seem like, you know, like bullshit fucking like, oh, it was a fluke victory. No, I feel like she actually fucking wanted to win, and she, she changed up everything, and she pulled out a win, and she got the win legit. That's how you do it. I like this. So, SmackDown ended quite well now getting into all the draft picks this is a bit weird but let's get into it so the first the draft order this is how it goes uh, first second third and fourth rounds on uh on smackdown i don't know if they're going to start again with round one on raw or they're going to continue with the fifth sixth seventh but if they did fifth sixth seventh, it wouldn't make any sense but the first the first round draft picks were becky lynch for Raw, so it's it's Raw, SmackDown, Raw, SmackDown, Raw. Okay, this is how the order is for all of them. So first round is Becky Lynch, Roman Reigns, The OC as a faction, Bray Wyatt, and Drew McIntyre. So Becky, OC, and Drew on Raw, Roman and Bray on SmackDown. Very very interesting. I'm really happy to see Drew McIntyre in the first round draft pick. Very, he's been off TV for a while. So this is a good reminder that listen, this motherfucker's coming. He's coming for you. And first round draft pick, excellent, excellent. That's very good. All big names. I hope 
this this is sort of an indication to to you know the teams or the people that are going to be pushed because they're all great they're all great and becky's sort of i was i was getting soured on becky until the hell in a cell match and she fucking you know she picked it up again so i'm I'm back on the becky train you know good i want to see becky do well uh second round draft picks uh again same order ross smackdown ross smackdown raw it's randy orton sasha banks ricochet braun Strowman, bobby lashley again good bobby lashley i guess i guess they do want to keep him as a as a big name so i guess they you know they put him up there uh but again decent decent it's a decent second round uh with with again big names prospects like like ricochet have have gone into this so that that also shows like there's some value in that person uh and then it sort of starts dipping here in the third round where it's like alexa bliss lacey evans kevin owens the revival and natalia like what why what about what about seth rollins for example what about charlotte flair what about bailey what about fucking i don't know the tag team champions what what ziggler and rude went nowhere like so what what is happening what about the new day kofi was just champion daniel bryan why so are they saving these names for raw but then you can't that's why you can't do like round five six seven eight now because then it's like oh daniel bryan seth rollins went in round five how does that make any sense why did they not do the big ones that doesn't it does, makes no sense to me makes no sense to me they could have you know what they could have done maybe odd numbers i don't know i mean this would have been weird as well and i probably would have complained about it but like let's say you know they did the first round third round fifth round seventh round for example on on smackdown then they did the second round uh th- but then you know it doesn't make sense in order of credibility like why would they like how do you decide that or you know they could have decided these and then just announced them on the show you know let's say the the fox representative and the usa representatives made their picks and they're just announcing them on smackdown and then be like tune to raw to find out who went in the second round who went in the fourth round sixth round and eighth round for example you know, this is again i'm just spitballing off the top of my head but yeah this i don't know they they're gonna have to restart the draft order numbers because then it doesn't look good if like seth is going fifth round dan brown's going seventh round or something you know what i mean it doesn't make sense uh but yeah out of the out of these people kevin owens and the revival uh alexa bliss is also i guess she's decent mic work is excellent uh in-ring work is okay uh lacey evans natalia again fucking i can i could care less i'm so sick of their rivalry so i guess maybe that's why i'm soured but yeah those are the third and then the fourth round viking raiders and and so this is again you know same order uh, Viking Raiders, Lucha House Party, Nikki Cross, Heavy Machinery, and Street Profits. So Street Profits from NXT are are on the board here. They get picked up by Raw. So Viking Raiders and Street Profits, I feel are the only teams that are worth anything over here. Uh, Nikki Cross again, good prospect, but I guess she's still in that tag team with Alexa. So you know, Alexa and her, I feel like are on the similar. On a, not a similar level, but I'm going to say like they're in a similar situation where it's kind of like, okay, this is their thing. You know, this is what they're doing. They're doing the tag team stuff. 
So what does that mean for the singles career? Why were they drafted singles, but they got drafted to the same show? So why didn't they just put them in a team? It didn't make sense. I don't understand. Lucha House Party, who gives a flying, flying fuck about these people. They didn't even... So at the end of the draft, like so, not the end, but like every time they do a draft, so for example, if it's like Kevin Owens, Kevin Owens, former, you know, it, so it says like it has their accolades on the back where it's like uh, former Uni- uh, United States champion, former Universal champion, former NXT champion, you know, they, they have all their accolades. But then with fucking Lucha House Party, all they have are their names. That's it. They have no, no credibility, no nothing. So why the fuck would these guys go in the fourth round? Like who's picking them? Why are you even picking them? What is it? Seated? If it's seated, then why the fuck are Viking Raiders so low? How is that? And how are Kevin Owens and Natalia and fucking the Revival on the same seed? No sense. Zero zilch. Nada. Blah. Nothing. So, I this is weird as fuck. So, let's see what we're going to get on Raw. How they're going to close this draft out. I did not like the the fact that they threw in some major jobber teams and made it seem like, oh, yeah, we got Lucha House Party. Yay! It's like, why would you want them? Who wants them? They could have thrown anyone. You could have thrown in fucking... Uh, 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 so I, well, okay, I don't know who, who's going to go onto the show. But for example, if, if let's say, they were going to draft uh, the Bludgeon Brothers... Yeah, Eric Rowe and Luke Harper. Why didn't one of them go in the fourth round? Why fucking Lucha House Party? Why? I have no idea. It makes no sense to me. There is no logical reasoning why anyone would, would pick Lucha House Party over any other fucking team. They, they, they do nothing for anyone. They even lost against the OC on Raw. Why were they even picked? Got no, just nothing. No interest. Doesn't doesn't make any sense to me. <sighs> so that's the draft. Let's see let's see how they close it off next week on Raw, and uh, I'm curious, curious and intrigued and definitely interested to see how they do it. Uh, following that, we we see uh, we're, we're we're not we see we're gonna get into uh, the the Wednesday Night War uh, this week. I started with NXT because I thought last week NXT was a much better show. Uh, so so let's let's start with NXT this week because that's the order I watched it in. Uh, we we start the show with uh, Leo Rush versus Drew Gulak for the WWE Cruiserweight Championship. I believe they start calling the NXT Cruiserweight Championship. I'm not sure. I read that somewhere, but I'd have to double check. Uh, but yeah, so so it's apparently called the NXT Cruiserweight Championship now. Again, don't take my word for it. I've I just read this somewhere. Or someone told me. I can't remember. Uh, but the match ends. Uh, so it was a good match. It was a really good match. Leo Rush is a really good wrestler. Gulak is also a great worker. Uh, really cool guy as well. Met him before. Uh, Gulak hits. Uh, gets hit with the the final hour frog splash. Uh, by by Leo Rush on Eddie Guerrero's 52nd birthday is what they said, I believe. So, damn, Eddie Guerrero would have been 52 today. That's insane. Or, th- yeah, 52 today. 
That's insane. Wow. Uh, really sad. But so so basically, he he hits the frog splash. Drew Gulak sort of stands up, bent over. Uh, Leo Rush then hits the the come up, which is like he kind of bounces off the bottom rope into a cutter, drops Drew Gulak, goes back to the top rope, hits the final hour frog splash again, and wins the cruiserweight championship title from Drew Gulak. So now we have a new. Cruiserweight champion, who is Leo Rush. Um, after the match, William Regal is seen in the ring giving Leo Rush the title. When Drew comes out, he snatches the title off of Leo and then walks up to him aggressively, holds the title up, but then puts it over Leo's shoulder, shakes his hand, and leaves the ring. Um, I guess good sportsmanship by Drew Gulak. Leo Rush is the new Cruiserweight champion. Very interesting. Uh, following that, we see a uh, Rhea Ripley match. Rhea Ripley versus Aaliyah. Rhea puts Aaliyah in this, like, um, what is now? It's kind of like a Texas Cloverleaf, but a reverse Texas Cloverleaf. But, and, and she's suspended her in midair with this move. And then and she's swinging her about. She drops her to the floor. Aaliyah taps out. Rhea then takes the mic and tells Shayna that she's coming for her. So Rhea Ripley seems like a very credible opponent for um uh for for uh Shayna Baszler's championship. I'm I'm curious. I like this match. I like this match. Uh Rhea Ripley versus Shayna Baszler. Both are badasses. It's good. I like it. I do want to see Shayna though. I haven't seen her since this USA thing started. Like uh, Shayna in a match and Shayna comes out like you know, sort of speaks her piece. Like Rhea's, Rhea's done, done a bit of work. But like since, uh, since NXT's debuted on USA, I've not seen Shayna come out and wrestle a match or even have. No, she did. Sorry, I, that's that. No, that's incorrect. She had a match against uh, Candice LeRae. Uh, but yeah, I do want to see her on the mic and talk about Rhea Ripley at least. So, um, so yeah. So I'd like to see that. Uh, Cameron Grimes then comes out. I don't get this, but it's, I guess it's okay. Uh, he gets a quick win against a, uh, a jobber by the name of Boa, uh, who is, I'm not sure he's, he's off the Orient somewhere. I don't even know if that's uh, okay to say, <laughs> but yeah, so Boa basically loses immediately because he's distracted by, uh, Killian Dane, who comes out as soon as this match starts. Uh, Cameron Grimes gets the win, runs out of the ring. Killian Dane is standing there, beats the shit out of Boa, takes him all the way to the announce desk, throws him there, and and yeah, beats beats beat the fuck out of this guy. So I guess Killian Dane is just making his mark, you know. Uh, we then see Damian Priest and uh, Pete Dunne promos. Damian Priest promo is pretty good. Uh, I like the I I I don't understand what his character is exactly, but it's cool. You know he's he's going around limos with like some some girls and then he's he's hanging out he's wearing like something you know super funky like a leather kind of like the the jacket um, Steve Austin used to wear uh, so it's it's he's got a character which is good I like that I want to see more and see how that how they take that forward uh, I'm definitely interested in the match I'd like to see Pete Dunne versus uh, uh, Damian Priest which is taking place next week so that should be interesting. Uh, let's see. Let's see. Priest is undefeated. So it should be good. 
then we have Roderick Strong versus Isaiah Swerve Scott. By the way, there were two Isaiahs this week on on AEW and on NXT. Like not each, but like one on NXT and one on AEW. Like it was this is weird, you know, head to head competition, two Isaiahs. I've, I don't think I've ever heard that name before in my life. And now it's like two on opposing shows. It's, it's funny. Uh, so Isaiah Swerve Scott, really good match. Uh, Strong eventually hits the end of heartache with a distraction from the Undisputed Era uh, who come to the to the ramp. Um, Adam Cole gets into the ring. He cuts a promo. And uh, as he he's, um, as he's cutting the promo, Velveteen Dream comes onto this. like So basically above... Like there's this, I, I'm not sure exactly where it's placed because it looked like it was above the commentary table, but then the commentary table looks like it's somewhere else now. But uh, yeah, basically above uh, a certain point, they've got this like platform, and Velveteen Velveteen Dream shows up there, and he <laughs> he sh- he basically shows up. So Roderick Strong had this picture, which was I guess imitating HBK, where he's completely naked and he's got the belt around his dick. And uh, and basically what they did was they had Velveteen Dream Photoshop that picture and just show like a tiny dick, which is like censored on, on Roderick Strong. Roddy gets super pissed off. Uh, they, they talk so much trash to each other, you know, about the rematch that's uh, coming up in two weeks. Uh, Velveteen Dream versus Roddy Strong. Uh, and then uh, just as this is concluding... Champa's music hits. Tommaso Champa comes out in camo pants and a camo fucking uh, crutch in his hand. He comes out. He gets into the ring. Undisputed Era disperse immediately. They walk to the top of the ramp. Champa puts a chair in the middle of the ring. Sits down. Looks at looks at Adam Cole, and basically says, uh, uh, he he's talking to Goldie. So. For those of you who don't know, uh, Tommaso Ciampa calls the NXT Championship Goldie, which is when he was champion, he would refer to the belt as a person like that. He, you know, he humanized that belt and he would do anything to get Goldie, protect Goldie and keep Goldie. So he, he goes like, Goldie, daddy's home. And it's like, oh, shit, uh, which is really good. Um, and then backstage uh, after commercial, Kathy Kelly's uh, trying to get an interview with Champa, who's coming backstage. Uh, she's making sure everything's okay, but then she bumps into Angel Garza, who's like, "Hey, don't you want to take an interview with me?" She's like, "Oh no, sorry, one second. She goes to Champa. She starts to talk to Champa, but then Angel Garza intervenes and he says, "Seriously, this guy? You want to? You want to talk to him? What about me?" And then he turns to Champa. He says something in Spanish, and Champa just lays him out with a punch. And and then Kathy Kelly basically asks Champa, she's like, what did he say? And Champa turns to her, he's like, I have no idea. And just walks away, pops the crowd, pop me. It was really good. And uh, and this sets up a match next week between Champa and Angel Garza. Champa is back in action, back in the ring. So I'm I'm very excited to see how how he wrestles and if he's changed anything up in his repertoire of moves because, you know, he he's just coming off a neck injury, so I'm very very interested to see how he how he manages to to do this. Uh, we then also get a match between Dakota Kai and Bianca Belair. Surprisingly, Dakota Kai, who just returned to action last week, loses this match to Bianca Belair, 
Uh, Bianca grabs a microphone, talks shit about Rhea Ripley challenging Shayna Baszler for the championship. So I guess maybe Rhea Ripley versus Bianca Belair has been set up. Uh, I guess. I don't know. Um, so yeah, that, that, that should be also, I guess, a decent match. Both are good workers. And then our main event of NXT is Kushida versus Walter. This was a great, great fucking match. Kushida was really, really fucking good in this. Uh, I guess Kushida hadn't shined, shown for me until this point. He takes Walter to the limits. Uh, he, he kicks out of fucking everything Walter hits him with. But then finally Walter hits the ripcord lariat, which is like he, he pulls him in and then hits a lariat. Kushida goes night-night. And uh, between the two undefeated men, Walter walks out, still undefeated. Uh, up on top of the ramp are the remaining members of Imperium standing there waiting for him. And Walter, who's so out of breath, by the way, at this point, is standing there looking looking dominant. And uh, yeah, that's how we end NXT building. There's a lot of stuff happening next week, which should be good. Dominic Dajakovic versus Keith Lee is, is there the fourth match, which is actually... I guess the third match because one of the matches ended uh, in a double countout, I believe it was. And then Keith Lee's won one, Dominic Dajakovic's won the other. So this is the third rubber match deciding who will be the winner of this series. So And they have great fucking matches. So I'm, I'm very excited to see that. Um, so yeah, that was NXT. Let's get into AEW because quite a bit to talk about in AEW. Uh, we start the show with Private Party versus Young Bucks. Private Party have a, I guess, cool entrance. They need to be a little faster with it because, God, it took forever. Uh, they have someone with the velvet rope standing like a bouncer. Uh, as soon as he sees them, he opens the, the rope. Both of them come in. This is, you know, Isaiah number two, where it's um, uh, Mark Quinn and Isaiah Kennedy. Uh, sorry, Isaiah Cassidy, not Kennedy. Uh, so yeah, Mark Mark Quinn and uh, Isaiah Cassidy uh, of Private Party versus the Young Bucks, obviously Nick and Matt Jackson. Uh, there is a spot in this match where Mark uh, from Private Party hits possibly the best shooting star press I've ever seen in my life. It was so perfectly done, executed to perfection, and uh, and yeah, it was just, I watched that so many times. It was so beautiful. Uh, so he hits that, obviously doesn't get the pin because, you know, wrestling today, all this good shit doesn't get fucking pins, but yeah, it was, it was really well done. They, uh, they, they also have a tag team finisher called gin and juice, which is a harakarana into a cutter. Uh, was it harakarana? I believe it was harakarana. And, uh, they, they does not get the pin though. Uh, there's a point where the Young Bucks are getting ready to hit, hit the Meltzer driver. Uh, Matt Jackson has uh, Mark in in the tombstone position. Uh, Nick is ready to do the flip into the driver, but then uh, Isaiah Cassidy pulls Nick off the off the rope. Mark rolls up Matt Jackson and gets the win with the biggest upset of the tournament. As of now, I guess, um, and I guess it was, it, it will be the bigger because the the young bucks were ranked seed number one and private party were ranked seed number eight. So, so yeah, so basically they they get the biggest win of their career over the young bucks. Young bucks are the the they were the favorites to win this, I guess, but they're out. So young bucks are out. 
we've got uh, Private Party advancing in the tournament. And uh, yeah, it was an amazing match. Really fucking good match. Really fucking good. Uh, so yeah, then we've got uh, Chris Jericho who comes out with Sammy Guevara, Jake Hager, Santana, and Ortiz. Jericho takes the mic, starts, you know, telling everyone like you should thank me and you know celebrating with a little bit of bubbly and then he starts talking about all the people in the ring he says uh he says sammy Guevara is like a spanish god uh then he he you know puts over santana ortiz saying that he's the he he uh specifically demanded them uh in this in this company he wanted them he's he personally got them in uh, and then he talks about Jake Hager. And then as soon as he starts talking about Jake Hager, the crowd starts chanting, we the people. Jericho stops. He's like, all right, wait, I'll let you finish. And then he's like, we the people is dead and buried. It was uh, a stupid uh, idea made by stupid creative. And it's it's dead and buried. So, yeah, um, it was excellent. Jericho buries WWE in that promo. And he, he cuts a great fucking promo uh, like like only Jericho can. Uh, he's he's so good. He's so good. He put he put his team over, and then he announces the name that we are called the Inner Circle. There's one small subtlety that I didn't like. Yeah, they he calls them Inner Circle. As soon as he calls them Inner Circle, like the words literally just left his lips, you see a hashtag Inner Circle up on on t on the on the screen. It's like, no, you shouldn't do that. You need to wait. For maybe a minute and then put it up so it seems like because now it's like oh okay you know he he like he prepared this and he's like all right whenever i say it put it up it's no it should it should sound like it's coming out naturally he's like he's not told anyone he's like this is i'm revealing it here for the first time we are called the inner circle and the second i see it, it's a small subtlety right but it plays to your to your mind your imagination a lot and Again, I'm I'm just nitpicking here, right? I'd have rather seen that the inner circle hashtag came on after a minute, even a minute, because it doesn't take long to make that. It's just like hashtag whatever, right? And you could just throw it up on screen, but just give it like 30 seconds, 40 seconds, and then put it up there, and it makes it seem much more like spur of the moment, kind of like okay, this is now I'm, I'm letting you know that we are called the inner circle now. And then, you know, wait for a little bit. But the second the second the words left his lips, it was like hashtag inner circle. You know, it's like, oh, man, just wait for a second. Just, just a little bit. But, again, I'm just being creative, like uh, picky um, and, and nitpicking here. But, yeah, it was it was a great segment. Uh, Jericho did a great job like like he does. And he put them over. And I guess I could sort of start seeing the unity at some point, especially after the main event. So, like. You know, it's it's good. I'm 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 interested in this. Uh, you have my attention. Uh, we then have a match between Jimmy Havoc and Darby Allen. Darby Allen gets the win. This is, so basically this match is for the I guess the number one contendership for the title. So whoever wins this gets a shot at the AEW Heavyweight Championship. Uh, ironically, the guy who looks smaller than a cruiserweight gets a title match for the Heavyweight Championship. So yeah. Um, Allen wins with the coffin drop and, uh, and yeah, it was a, a decent match, I guess. Yeah, it was okay. Um, Allen's talented, but this guy scares the fuck out of me. Like just the moves he does. I feel like he's going to die in the ring. 
He's, he, I don't know. He scares me. He scares me. Uh, we also get a match between Beer Priestley and Sakura versus Dr. Britt Baker and Riho. Uh, Baker puts on a submission to Sakura and then puts a mandible claw in, and that causes Sakura to tap out. After the match, Priestley tries to brawl with Baker, but Rio and the referee uh, put put an end to it. So um, I guess this is building to something. I don't know. Uh, then we have a match that was advertised for a few weeks. It was uh, Sean Spears with Tully Blanchard versus John Moxley. Uh, this match, uh, as the as the competitors get into the ring, we see Pac on commentary. Uh, and uh, Moxley gets the win after the paradigm shift, which is surprising. I like Sean Spears. I fucking love that guy's character. I really like it. I like the look. I like the the fact that he's with one of the uh, uh, four horsemen, uh, Tully Blanchard. So it's kind of like, okay, you know, you guys need to, I don't know, you, you, you need to sort of do something here where it's like build it up into, you know, like build his character, build him. Why are you, why is he losing his matches? I, I expect him to win, especially now that he has like, you know, the backing of someone like Tully Blanchard. That guy is a wealth of knowledge and, and, uh. You, you you're not using it so so why why make him win you know maybe he'll win later i don't know but uh but yeah i i i do want to see i do want to see him um win more matches i do like sean spears character here it's 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 really cool he, his look and everything is really cool and i think i think they could do a lot with him uh but yeah so i uh Moxley wins with a paradigm shift. Omega comes out after the match with a barbed wire mop and a barbed wire baseball bat. Uh, Moxley meets him on the, I guess, at the at the foot of the ramp. Uh, Kenny Omega picks up the baseball, or rather, he's he has a baseball bat in his hand. He throws it towards Moxley, uh, motioning him to pick it up so that they could start swinging. Uh, but then, as he's you know getting closer to Moxley, Pac comes out, attacks. Kenny Omega from behind, but then Moxley runs to his rescue, uh, points the bat at Pac, and sort of threatens him to go away. So I guess that's that's what the match will be in the future, Moxley versus Pac or something. I don't know. But Moxley doesn't take advantage of the situation, and uh, yeah, he doesn't like attack him or anything. He's just like, all right, I'm, I'll see you later. I'm I'm not that evil. So I don't know if he's a bad guy or a good guy or whatever, but yeah, Moxley basically just chases Pac away and leaves. So, uh, so yeah. Uh, then we get our main event of the evening, which is Dustin Rhodes and Hangman Page versus Sammy Guevara and Chris Jericho uh, with Jake Hager on the side. Uh, this match ends when Sammy Guevara is like on the floor. He pulls a referee towards him, distracts a referee. Hager comes in, uh, attacks... Uh, Dustin Rhodes with a kind of clothesline. Uh, and then Chris Jericho hits the Judas Effect elbow. Is it the Judas Effect elbow or is it just the Judas Effect? I think it's just the, I think it's just the Judas Effect. But regardless, he, he hits the move. Um, and uh, yeah, the Sammy Guevara and Chris Jericho pick up the victory. Uh, right after the match, uh, Guevara, Hager, and Jericho all attack Rhodes and Hangman, who was taken out in the middle of the match, who comes back in. 
they attack Hangman as well. Uh, lights go out. Cody Rhodes appears uh, when the lights come back on. He attacks, but then Santana and Ortiz come out. And then MJF comes out with a chair. Now, when when he comes in, Jericho, Guevara, and uh, I, I can't remember exactly who else it was, but Jericho is basically holding up Cody Rhodes. And he's kind of like tempting MJF. He's like, hit him, hit him, hit him, hit him. But then MJF, you know, doesn't betray Cody. He attacks all the members of the inner circle. But then he he stands and celebrates for too long. Jericho drops MJF with the Codebreaker. The Young Bucks then come out. Jericho escapes. He goes to the top of the ramp. And then he kind of waits for a bit way too long. Like, I feel like Alan missed his cue. But then Darby Allen comes out on a skateboard. And uh, he skateboards down the ramp. Jericho's like walking towards him. It's kind of like, oh, I see him coming. I I see him. Oh, he's still coming. And, ah, he attacks him. It's like, ah, how did I not move? So Darby Allen then uh, attacks Jericho with a skateboard, gets into the ring, and Jericho is basically like upset. And he's like, oh, I'll see you next week. I'll beat you up next week. Ah. So. Uh, yeah, so that was AEW. It was a pretty good show overall, I would say. I, I enjoyed the show. There was a lot of interesting stuff. Much better than the first week, I would say. So this week for me, I would honestly I would honestly like to think that AEW won it. Between NXT and AEW, I believe AEW took the win this week. Last week was definitely NXT. This week, I would say, is AEW. Not that NXT had a bad show, but... I think AEW had more to offer this week. I, I much preferred AEW's show. So, um, so yeah. Uh, that is, that's the breakdown of the shows. So, how about we get into... Five of the week! Five of the week. Um, this week, the list is trailed off by your resident skateboarder, Mr. Tony Hawk reincarnated, Darby Allen. Uh, he picks up a big win, gets a title shot, and then, you know, is, is in the main event where he's kind of allied himself with the top talent, some of the top talent of AEW with uh, MJF, Cody Rhodes, the Bucks, you know, they're, they're all in the ring, so... The, yeah, Darby Allen trails this list this week with uh, with the number five position. Uh, number four goes to the big Austrian Volta, or as my my German speaking friend says, Volta. Uh, <laughs> he's uh, yeah, Walter picks up a big win, looks dominant, is undefeated. So it's like okay, you know, they're building this guy up, which is good, and uh, he's got his faction with him, like that. Uh, hard-fought victory but got the victory nonetheless Walter number four number three is Chris Jericho uh, he won his match and on top of that cut a beautiful promo I love I love these like half shoot promos you know it's really really well done I, I loved it Jericho did a fantastic job and uh, I was I was like oh oh shit he didn't just say that so he had me doing that for, for parts of the match, which is obviously always a good thing. So number number three goes to Chris Jericho. Number two is going to private party. 
I had zero interest in these guys, like at all the pay-per-views where you see them in the crowd and shit, and even like last week when they came to save Kevin, Kevin Smith, it's like, what the fuck? Like, who the fuck are these guys? They seem so lame. But then they, they were excellent in the ring, really good. They have great chemistry, and some of the moves that these guys do are fucking incredible. And they got a very, very shocking victory over the favorites to win the tournament, Young Bucks. My brother thought Young Bucks were winning it, so um, again, I still think Lucha Express is going to win it. But, uh, but yeah, uh, Private Party put up pull up a, a big victory. Really, really good stuff. Um, they are number two. And number one this week goes to Bailey. Wow, that's right. Fucking Bailey. Bailey immediately, new look, fucking gets rid of those shitty fucking Bailey buddies. Um, she's she's got a new attitude, different gear, and and she she completed her heel turn, cut a promo at the end of the match. It was it was great, and I started believing in Bailey for the first time since she was on NXT. So Bailey turned it around for me, and and that she has to get number one for that. Like she I I couldn't stand her character. She was so dull and dry, and just like Ooh, I don't care. And now it's like okay, Bailey, all right. All right, girl, I get you, I get you. So, um, so yeah, Bailey, Bailey is leading this week's five of the week. Congratulations, Bailey! I'm sure this means the world to you. Uh, <laughs> uh, again, like always, I fucking I need to. Someone can someone remind me? Can one of you guys please just fucking remind me to name this segment? KJ quiz, KJ's quizzes. I know Ben Povey, you you submit, and I I can't even remember who the fuck the other person was. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry, but like, I just have a lot going on. You know, it's just it's hard to keep track of everything, and uh, yeah, uh, hopefully over the f- next coming months when I'm more used to it, I'll I'll be able to like manage my thoughts better. But yeah, I apologize. But um, uh, quiz KJ or something. I I don't know. I, again, I have to think of something. But our first, so this is uh, your questions, you guys. Thank you again for submitting these questions. I, I, you know, these are very thought provoking, so they they make me think, and I like it. Uh, first question is from Zachary Marsh at Prinny God Thirteen. If you're making draft picks, who would you not draft? Someone you wouldn't want on your show. That's a good question. Someone I wouldn't want on my show. Natalia is the first one that comes to my mind. Like, I don't want Natalia on my show. I'm just constantly lulled every time she's on. And even uh, Lucha House Party. Who gives a fuck? They actually drafted two people I would never draft. So, I I wouldn't pick Lucha House Party. I would not pick... um, uh, What's it called? Natalia? I fucking forgot her name already. And if Alberto Del Rio was on the show, I would not pick him either. Because I can't stand that guy. Most boring wrestler in the world. Couldn't fucking stand him. Just absolutely not. Uh, <laughs> Kyle Haunted Monarch at Restless Monarch. Do you think USA and Fox are actually making any draft picks? I kind of think that each network might have given a small handful of wants. Brock on SmackDown, Rollins on Raw. But largely will be left up to Kayfabe. Uh, I cannot see either one uh, either one caring to pick up Paula Cruz. Uh, neither can I, to be honest. Uh, slightly loaded question here, but... Um, the first part usa and fox making actually making any draft picks 
Um, as you said, yes, I can see that they, they would want this person there or that person there, you know, some, some of the ratings monsters uh, on, on each show. But if, if you wanted ratings, then how come Ronda Rousey's not getting picked, right? Because Ronda Rousey is is someone. So maybe they did backstage and, and you know, I don't know if she's going to be drafted on Raw or if she's even going to be drafted. Uh, Brock Lesnar was not on this draft yet. So uh, is it because he's champion that he's not going to be drafted? Is Rollins not going to be drafted because he's champion? Does that does that mean anything? Or perhaps maybe that's what you meant by Brock on SmackDown Rollins on Raw. Maybe because they've been made champions, they, they're not drafted. I don't Again, I don't understand how this works. They haven't explained those rules of champions, you know, so I, I don't, I'm not sure how that goes. But, um, you know, again, I'm thinking about it. Shinsuke Nakamura, Intercontinental Champion, not drafted. How the fuck is he not drafted in one of those? So, again, there's a lot left to be learned after Raw. So, uh, I guess I just have to leave it up to Raw, but my, the thoughts in my mind are not great. It's like, why? Why is it like this? Why are they doing it like this? Um, but in terms of, yes, I do think a lot of it is left up to WWE creative and how whatever stories they can build from the people that they have or whatever stories are continuing. So, for example, I can't imagine Rusev going over to SmackDown if Bobby Lashley's been drafted to Raw. And same thing with Lana. I'm sure she's going she's gonna to go. Because, like, why would you start the story and just, like, end it haphazardly? You know, unless this story was always meant to be three weeks or four weeks uh, culminates at um, Crown Jewel where I guess Lana can't even go and, and then just like have uh, have Lashley versus Rusev and then split them up you know in the draft so just blow it off at, at Crown Jewel just to show that Lana is not with Rusev anymore you know maybe that was the purpose of it maybe that's the purpose of this whole thing I don't know but again you can only really see in hindsight uh, what what the deal is over here? So, yeah, let's let's see. But yeah, I, I do think that it's it's mainly left up to WWE creative and where how they can build their stories from the people that they have. I think that's how they want to go ahead with this and how they're gonna go ahead with this. I think personally. Cami uh, Hutton at Fat Pirlo favorite horror movie. Um, I don't know if this is my favorite horror movie. Um, there's a movie that makes me laugh a lot, which is called Drag Me to Hell, uh, which was a comedy horror. If you haven't watched it, it's so fucking dumb that, like, uh, I, it's a comedy horror. I think that's why it's even, like, classified. I'm not sure, but, like, yeah, it was dumb. But favorite horror movie that actually scared the shit out of me a few times is Exorcism of Emily Rose. Uh, there is a... So that movie, a lot of people are like, ah, that's okay. It's not that scary. It's like, well... They say part, if you knew the languages that I do, it'd scare the fuck out of you. There's a part, if you watch the movie, right, so you know the scene. Uh, Emily Rose goes into a barn, right? She's to, Emily is possessed by the devil, apparently. And uh, we're not sure what demons are inside her. And she, she goes into this barn and she starts screaming, six, 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 six. And she keeps doing that. She's jumping up and down, like, you know, like demonically. Um, she's floating way higher than a normal person would and she drops to her knees and then she starts naming the six demons in her but she starts speaking in six different languages and one of those languages is Arabic and in Arabic she says Ana Iblis and Iblis is the word for devil 
And so when I understood that, I had shivers run down my spine. And I was like, oh my god, that's fucked up. And it's, it petrified me. That movie, every time I watch it, like somehow I've managed to fucking open my eyes at 3 a.m. I don't know. It's like playing in the back of my mind, you know? So yeah, it was fucking scary. That movie scared the shit out of me. So yeah, Exorcism of Emily Rose. Didn't like it. Uh, I mean, I liked it for the right reason, but like, didn't like it for the wrong reason. <laughs> uh, Anthony Fitzpatrick at a Fitz27. Who would your three? Da- I don't know what happened there. Uh, who would your three? Again, who would your first three draft picks be? Okay, thank you, Anthony. Uh, my first three draft picks: Brock Lesnar, Ronda Rousey, and so this is in terms of ratings, like who who would bring the most eyes to my show, right? So Brock Lesnar, Ronda Rousey, Bray Wyatt. These would be my three draft picks. Whether people like Brock or not, he's on TV, people are tuning in, you know, people are watching. So Brock, Ronda, who is the the fastest rising woman superstar ever in the history of the sport, in the history of WWE, wrestling, professional wrestling, whatever you want to call it. She got into the octagon. Uh, sorry, she got into the ring and just fucking blew everyone's mind. I was there for her first match ever, debut match, uh, with um, Kurt Angle against Triple H and Stephanie McMahon at WrestleMania. I was there in attendance. Uh, she was brilliant, really, really fucking good. She's so talented. It just, she's so good. And I was there when she lost the title at WrestleMania as well, a year later. So the fact that they put the title on her, she brought credibility to the championship, just speaks volumes of, of her performance as a as a, a sports entertainer, I guess. You know. Uh, but Ronda Rousey for sure. Ronda's on that list. And Bray Wyatt, hottest thing in wrestling in in ages. He's his character work is excellent. His creative is excellent, and he brings eyes. You know, and that's why SmackDown wants him. So yeah, Bray Wyatt, Brock, Ronda, Bray. Saunders nine four nine five. R Saunders nineteen ninety five. This is Reese Saunders. Yeah. Uh, who would you see being the overall first draft pick for both brands? Well, okay. Uh, this is a bit redundant because now that <laughs> now that this has uh, already happened. But if we're going, let's say for for the next show, right? I'll change your question up a little bit because SmackDown already had the first draft pick, uh, first round draft pick rather. So we, we had uh, Becky Lynch and Roman Reigns, uh, Becky for Raw, Roman Reigns for SmackDown. So they were they were the draft picks um, already. But I guess if you if we're going for the Raw first round draft picks, I can only imagine. Uh, I don't know if Brock is going to be drafted. I don't know if Seth is going to be drafted, but I imagine Seth Brock will be up there. Daniel Bryan, perhaps, but I don't think Daniel Bryan is going to be in the first two draft picks. But I can only imagine Seth and Brock, if not Ronda. You know, Seth and Brock have yet to be drafted. Ronda's still, I guess, out of commission, so exclude her from this. But then, yeah, you've got you've got Seth and Brock. Get those guys. I would say those two. 
Um, that's it for your question, you guys. Thank you so much for submitting. Again, I really appreciate it. It really means a lot and gets me thinking, you know? Gets me really thinking. I hadn't thought of, for example, Anthony's question. I hadn't thought about who would my first three draft picks be. But then, you know, now I did. Um, but yeah. Um, ladies and gentlemen, it is now time to play the trivia game. And now, uh, I'm just going to say that uh, last week we had... Two correct winners. Um, two people guessed it correctly. Uh, that is at Carrie Neck and at Russus Monarch. Neck and Kyle have both correctly guessed. And uh, if you hadn't guessed it already, it is a gentleman known by the name of C.M. Punk. Take a listen. And I promise you, you know, I don't, I don't promise you anything, Luke. I promise you, nobody will ever take advantage of you in that way ever again. What happened in the past happens to countless victims every day. Your miraculous recovery can happen to those same people. All they have to do is what you did. You reached out. You accepted change. You listened to me tell you the right way to live your life. That is CM Punk, you guys. That is, uh, it was, uh, I guess, the, the way he spoke was was the tell so if you if you kind of remember his uh you know the the um the character he had where he was uh what was it uh fucking not the voice of the voice of jeez what was the 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 how am i forgetting the fucking name uh good god i'm just, i'm drawing a blank here uh he where he didn't know drugs he didn't drink alcohol uh it was called cm punk was oh you guys are like kicking yourselves because you know what the fucking word is about i'm drawing a blank here and i know i know what it's called it's just i can't remember um this is gonna come to me later i'm just gonna be like duh it's you know blah blah uh straight edge duh straight edge fuck that was gonna drive me crazy straight edge so he he played that straight edge society straight edge character and uh yeah and so this is around that time where he saved Luke Gallows from all the drugs and stuff that was making him Festus and that, you know, that weird retarded thing that they had going on for him. So, uh, yeah. So congratulations, Nick and, and Restless Monarch. You are the, the smartest, uh, this week. And, uh, here is, uh, this week's trivia. No clues for you guys. Let's see if you can figure out who this is. And I love him very, very much. And I had to sit there every day and watch him hurt. And that is the hardest thing that I've ever had to do in my life. And I'll tell you one thing, Nick Foley. I am just so thankful that Steve stunned you out there. I just forgot that I wasn't out there with him. Thank you. Leave your answers on at Roped in Pod. Uh, it's the, it'll be the pinned tweet on top of the profile. So leave your answers there and... Uh, and yeah, so if I see your answers and they're correct, I will I'll read your read your guesses from there. So uh, yeah, uh, let's see how you do there. And now it's time for the final segment, which is uh, what is all the buzz on Twitter. My notifications are constantly flooded ever since I started this thing. So it's it's great. I love how interactive this is, and uh, I, I guess you guys are enjoying it. So that's that's also a good thing. Uh, so, uh, first of all, uh, before I get into the points, 
uh, I would like to read out um, the uh, so so Mr. Devesh Mirani at Devesh underscore Mirani. Uh, I had incorrectly added his points and uh, I had thought that he was leading one of the weeks. Uh, he was nice enough to correct me and and he told me that listen you know the 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 thing that you're kind of reading uh like my points i the, my team is incorrect uh i thought he had carmela he did not have carmela in his team and carmela had won the title so it was, it was showing him as the leader and he was like you know what i don't want to win like this i do want to win fair and square so uh so yeah so just you know uh, it doesn't like i just want to let you know that that I have Cedric Agland and not not Carmela. So, uh major respect to Devesh for that. Thank you very much. That's that's very honorable and uh we we appreciate uh honorability here. So, for that reason, uh I asked Devesh if you'd like me to plug anything, if there's anything I could do. Devesh is actually a a analyst for Sports Kita. And uh, he writes articles, WWE articles, uh, top ten, top five, etc. On, uh, on his, uh, I guess it's his page or uh, his blog page. I'm not exactly sure how Sports Kita works, but uh, they basically, uh, he he has a bunch of articles. It's it's great reads. I've gone through them, some of them, and uh, honestly, there are a lot. So having gone through all of them, won't lie. Uh, but I went through a few of them, and I couldn't pick which one to to read. So, so Devish, you know, I asked him, and and he he told me that, you know, I could suggest the one of the last lists that he's made, and this list is the five recent WWE pay per views with disappointing endings, uh, which is a very very relevant list, seeing how uh, Hell in a Cell 2019 ended, which is kind of so. Just to go through this list, uh, he has uh, he has. Hell in a Cell 2019, trailing this list at number five. Uh, Hell in a Cell 2018, uh, which was the one where Brock Lesnar came in and ruined the match where Braun Strowman actually cashed in. So it kind of left it with like an open end. Nothing really happened. Uh, Fastlane 2017, which is when Jericho came out, distracted Kevin Owens in his match against Goldberg. Goldberg hits a spear, uh, and I believe uh, Jackhammer and picks up the win. So that is that was also a very very disappointing ending in that match. And I don't think anyone wanted Kevin Owens to lose. We wanted to see Jericho versus Kevin Owens at WrestleMania, uh, but instead we got Brock Lesnar versus Goldberg. So I guess it kind of worked out. But initially we didn't want that. WrestleMania 34 also one of the events that I've been to, uh, which was Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns. The crowd basically just booed that fucking match. Beach balls were everywhere. Uh, this did not end well. So, yeah, Brock Lesnar, Roman Reigns is uh, number two on that list. And number one was Survivor Series 2017, which uh, it did, honestly, until that last match, we were like, okay, you know what? There's no way that Raw is beating SmackDown in everything. But unfortunately, yeah, that's that's kind of how it ended, where Raw just clean swept SmackDown. It's like, what the fuck? How how is that like? Where's the competition? That's the best part of Survivor Series, the you know the brand warfare, and that's kind of how they build it up. But then, fucking SmackDown lost everything. So yeah, it was disappointing, disappointing, and uh, great list, Devish. Like that was that was a really interesting read. I forgot about 
you know like <laughs> i forgot survivor series uh 2017 so it's great that you you brought back some of that stuff um and uh yeah so uh thank you davish uh for that uh now i'll, I'll give the points and uh and then we have the winner of the helena cell month who has unfortunately sent me an audio clip and i have to play it because he did win and this was his full right to do this and i kind of dug this hole for myself and i apologize to you guys because he does talk about all of us um but before i get into that let me just give you the points of this week it's uh in third place we have a tie between Devish Marani again at Devish Marani and DSS underscore Panda who are tied at 15 points each. Uh, our second place goes to Cyprian underscore 1914 and at Fat Pirlo uh, who are tied at 30 points each. And the lead of the Crown Jewel Month at Gareth Allen with 70 points he's 40 points ahead of the second position because he had fucking bailey in his team so congratulations gareth you are this week's leader and let's see you know i was at the end of raw i was leading so uh yeah that didn't end well for me because i have charlotte in my fucking team god damn it but yeah um and yeah, guys, uh, so uh, here is here is at Sharif Eid underscore 91, the winner of the Hell in a Cell Fantasy League 2019, Hell in a Cell month. So here here's your Sharif. All you jabroni fantasy noobs just got your candy asses handed to you by a true pro. While you picked up your points here and there, I bided my time and made my swoop when it counted the way only an old-school legend knows how. None of you young blood bitches can hold a flame to my years of experience, and I'll be laughing all the way to the finish line in my new t-shirt. I didn't make the cut this month, but I'm just that damn good that I'll be back to claim my title after Crown Jewel, and I'll still win the whole fucking thing. That's not a prediction, it's a spoiler. You know, that shit really gets me. Like, I fucking hate it when people talk shit and I can't do anything about it because he's fucking, he's, he's using that as, you know, like he, that's, he, uh, again, I built this fucking grave for myself here. I can't, I hate, I hate when I can't do anything about it and it's not up to me and he's not even fucking playing this month, but he's still gunning for that, that fucking jersey and he still has a chance to win it, you know? he comes in next month he's he's golden he's good to go he's he's got one point over all of us and and yeah we've got i believe six months until wrestlemania so he's he's got a fair advantage now here's the thing i realize that maybe there might be more winners you know like maybe there'll be a bunch of people who have let's say let's say if there's a different winner every month who have one point each so who, how do we decide the winner well what I'm going to be doing is I'm going to be taking your total points, right? And then whoever's won every month, I'm going to tally up the total points of all these players. And whoever has the most total points is going to get the jersey. So that's that's how we're going to do it. So again, fucking congratulations, Sharif, you piece of shit. Uh, 
I'm coming for you, man. I'm fucking coming for you. There's, I'm, I hate losing. I hate losing. Ah, but, um, uh, okay. All right. So, um, uh, fucking Charlotte, uh, <laughs> guys, thank you so much. That's the podcast. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast. Please do leave a five-star review again. It helps, you know, the, the podcast ratings and in podcasts. Uh, be it Apple or or just RSS, you you the the you know the thing uh, the podcast is is higher up on lists and stuff, so it gets more visibility, more people listen to it, and it makes it very, you know, it it helps me grow, which is which is kind of what I really need from this podcast. So so please, uh, if you can, if uh, especially if you're on Apple, please do leave a five star rating. Uh, it, it again it helps so much you have no idea uh, please follow at roped in pod across all major social media platforms please follow at that KJ guy across all major social media platforms and uh, subscribe to the YouTube channel youtube.com forward slash that KJ guy because at the end of this month I have a very very special treat the thing that got my channel popular I'm bringing it back so uh, end of this month, keep an eye out. I'm doing something very special, and uh, I'm sure you guys will enjoy. So subscribe to the channel so you don't miss out. And uh, yeah, it's it's again, it's what got my channel popular. And uh, yeah, that's that's it for the show, you guys. Since you're still here, KJ out. <laughs>